Trouble on the Supreme Court this week. As one judge enters, could another be on their way out? Ed Blakely is a former Washington insider now living in Sydney, Australia. My name is freelance journalist and author Sean Britton. Find us each and every week wherever you find good podcasts at US of Ed, as well as on Facebook and Twitter. Latest on Ukraine, continuing to hear about uh, peace talks, which in my reading uh, seem to be very much sidestepping Vladimir Putin, and claims from US and EU officials that Putin is being misled about his country's performance in the conflict by members of his own military. Ed, what's the latest? Well, uh, you want to walk into the uh, head of the country and tell him you're losing and you're got bad generals and I'm, <laughs> I'm at fault. That sounds like firing squad time for me. Uh, I think they are misleading him to some degree. They're basically saying things aren't going like we thought. And so let's try something else. And let's use these peace talks uh, to regather our uh, approach and take another tack. Uh, if Zelensky's smart while they're doing that, he starts attacking and not letting them retreat. He could cut them off right now, and I think he's smart enough to do it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's not terribly surprising. Nobody wanted to give uh, Stalin bad news either, and he often ended up with a bit of a twisted idea of what was going on. And, uh, you know, it reminds me of the old uh, the old Hitler moving divisions that had already been wiped out around the map so he could make his battle plans. It That's does, right. It does to me, uh, I think, though, limit how Putin can spin this into a into a victory. I mean, we've been saying if Putin needs to get out, he needs to find an off-ramp uh, that makes it look he's been victorious, at least in some part of his agenda. But whether it's uh, peace or conflict, it's hard to see Putin spinning this one. Yeah, I think what he has to do at this point is figure out how he's not thrown out and how he declares a victory of some kind because it's obvious he's not not a military tactician. He's probably seen those Hitler movies. So what's his way out? Remember, the real problem is in about a month, Russians won't have enough food. Mm. They depend on the Ukraine for grain and all that area in Belarus and so on. And that's being bombed out and people are not preparing grain. They're in deep, deep trouble. When I was in Russia, uh, bread, of course, was a big staple, but meat was already in short supply. And this is three years ago. Uh, So I think without importing foodstuffs, Uh, this system comes crumbling down very quickly. That's the danger of globalization. But right now, it's working to our benefit. Biden has also walked back comments he made about Putin having to go, uh, saying he was speaking from a place of moral outrage, not in regards to uh, official policy, Uh, which is all well and good, Joe, but uh, when you're the leader of the free world people do tend to read a bit more uh, into comments like that. Uh, Does Biden have uh, loose lips, Ed? Of course he does. Uh, But they're tighter than Trump's. (laughs) And uh, he meant what he said. 
there's no doubt he meant what he said. So let's say uh, for that, he got all the non-intellectuals in the United States, which is quite a few, uh, and lost a few of the intellectuals. But, you know, when you say the truth out loud, that is the problem. I think that problem is going on in a country nearby. Maybe you can threaten to shirt front him like a former leader we had here. Uh, or a former leader that accuses the opposition of bullying people while he's bullying everybody from the pulpit. <laughs> Uh, Top of mind at the moment, because we had uh, budget night here in Australia this week, Uh, one of myself and my partner's favourite nights of the year, inflation. What's the latest on inflation, Ed? Because, you know, uh, people people obviously point the finger at the White House. Yeah. um, What administration takes credit for inflation uh, when it's high or even when it's low? It's very difficult to deal with inflation numbers, again, because of a global economy. And this inflation was going to come. Uh, It's hitting us a little bit harder. But remember, we had this pandemic that shortened up supply lines. We also had an overheated economy for about 10 years. Low inflation, low unemployment, that bubble had to burst. So now we have a bunch of bubbles bursting. Uh, The war, the inflation numbers, and the struggling of most global economies uh, to get moving again, uh, particularly with this oil uh, fiasco we're having in the war here. So there's no way of fixing this. A president or a king or even a dictator can't push a button and make this go away. I think we have to be really honest about it. This inflation was long overdue. And as long as those supply lines are what they are, it's gonna continue. But the way out is really to shorten supply lines. Too many people, including the United States, are having everything they need produced overseas. That's not gonna work. We've been speaking a lot about uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson. Actually, let's start here with with Jackson. She's been obviously nominated for a seat on the Supreme Court. Uh, she's been grilled. She's been largely rejected by Republicans, which, as you say, Ed, would likely be true of any Biden nominee. This morning has received the nod of approval from Republican Senator Susan Collins from Maine. How's it actually uh, looking, Ed? Well, that's all she needed. That means Murkowski will go along. Uh, That means uh, several other Republicans will go along. Uh, So that's all she really needs. She only needed one. And uh, that means she's going to get, she'll probably even get Lindsey Graham uh, on this one. Uh, So I think, I, I think the numbers might be even stronger than uh, you might Mitt Romney. Um, I, I think uh, Senator from um, Florida, uh, Hispanic, can't think of his name right now. Uh, I think he he might go that way. The numbers might be much more in her favor than we anticipate at the moment. Okay. And by the way, 
uh, a black woman looks a lot better than a black male right now. (laughs) Well, I was just going to say, I mean, there are otherwise calls for another member of the Supreme Court, Clarence Thomas, uh, to resign his position after it was revealed his wife had taken part in efforts to reverse Donald Trump's election loss in 2020. Uh, it's sort of been sort of communicating back and forth with members of the Trump administration. Thomas refused to recuse himself from a case involving the January 6th records. Ed, what's going on here? Well, the problem is he knew what his wife was doing. And since he knew what she was doing, she may have the freedom to do that as any other American. But as a judge, he cannot let that influence his decisions. And apparently he did. So uh, I think uh, it's time for Clarence to go. Obviously, Democrats would be salivating at the thought of gaining uh, another seat on the court so soon. But what's the likelihood that Thomas will uh, fall on his sword? You have to force him out. It'd have to be an impeachment, which means that Democrats would have to win about four more seats uh, in the Senate, which is very unlikely. Hillsong, the global church founded right here in Sydney, has been in crisis in recent weeks after founder Brian Houston was forced to step down after an internal investigation found he had behaved inappropriately uh, with two women. And the church has seen other accusations of covering up rape and sexual assault in recent times, just like uh, most churches, and is struggling in the states where megachurches are... I mean, Hillsong's a pretty big business here in Australia, but over there, a far bigger business in the United States. Any thoughts, Ed? They all seem to follow the same pattern, don't they? Yeah. With the founder getting involved with some women, etc., it doesn't matter whether it's the Catholics or whatever the religion, they all seem to uh, follow the same pattern. They say, well, the Catholics, since you don't want them to get married, no wonder. But with the Protestants, money seems to lead to sex. Um, and uh, I believe the prime minister of someplace called Australia is a member <laughs> of that church. So just not a good look. Oh, he hasn't been um, there in 15 years, you know, uh, the, the photos from last year notwithstanding. I think these will be great uh, publicity photos for the Labour Party. You know, organised religion, I think for, for a lot of people, especially young people at the moment, uh, it's losing more and more of its appeal. Uh, I'm not religious, but uh, for an outsider looking in, I think most of what we now see are these these claims of sexual assault, these cover-ups, these historical child abuse cases. And, uh, I mean, mind you, in the States and a lot of places, it's big enough business, you know, recession-proof enough that they're not exactly crying poor. But in terms of the future of the church, uh, there's got to be some real questions. Yeah, there, there are. Uh, however, there's nothing to replace it. And I think that's something we really have to think about because politics are replacing religion. That's not good. I'd rather people who are deeply religious and have their religious beliefs and they practice them on Saturday, Sunday, or whatever, 
but didn't transfer their politics or mix their politics into religions. Because people who grow up without politics move to religion as though politics and religion are the same thing. Mm. And that's very, very dangerous. Politics is secular. That means there's no belief structure here. It's only honesty. Uh, messages are not supposed to be entirely structured around beliefs. Uh, but if you don't have anything to base your belief on, then you'll move to some of these fringe political movements, which I think are very, very dangerous. So some sort of uh, oh, ethically based social order needs to emerge that young people can join. China and the Solomon Islands looking to tighten security ties between uh, the two nations. There's a draft agreement uh, appearing to provide a framework for Chinese troops and assets to be deployed to the Solomon Islands, which really, I mean, it's it's probably nice that they're asking first. Ed, there is, there's so much more I could say about this. Really, we will have to do a special because uh, China's been making inroads in, in so many different places in so many different ways. What are the implications on this deal? Well, this deal is one that is very um, difficult for us, uh, both the United States and Australia, because the Chinese are able to operate pretty freely while we're engaged in the NATO stuff. And we have not been paying nearly enough attention uh, to those islands, those island nations. The other part of this is since the island nations have some degree of internal political instability, which has not been cured, uh, the Chinese moving in with their money, their influence, their way of dealing with people is very dangerous because they can start installing dictators there, much like Putin wants to do in Russia who are not our friends. I mean, as I say, with a lot of these inroads in the Pacific Islands and in Africa, in the Middle East, up until... And South America. Yeah, and South America. They've been financial. They've been very clever about sort of offering uh, a little bit of money for this project, a little bit of money for that project kind of thing. This one with the Solomon Islands and taking the steps of making a military agreement... Do you think we will see more of those being negotiated uh, with some of those nations? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's leverage for those nations. Yeah. Uh, they haven't had any leverage against us until now, and that's definite leverage. The problem is, if you eat that candy, it's poison. A little agreement with them is bad news for the rest of your life. Latest on the January 6th investigation, U.S. District Judge David Okada had to say this week Trump, more likely than not, committed federal crimes in trying to obstruct the uh, congressional count of electoral college votes, which for most of us is duh, but continues to place pressure on the Justice Department to do something about these allegations. 
There's also a seven and a half hour gap in White House phone records from the day of January 6, where most of the main action of the assault was going on. It, the mind continues to boggle that an attempted coup took place on American soil, directed from the White House on down, and yet everything seems to be unfolding so slowly. It's like no one, no one really well, cares. Well, what this committee needs to do is wrap it up and send a report that Garland can use. He's in the embarrassing position that if he evades the charge and then some evidence comes later that undermines it, he looks foolish. So close down this committee and its work. Say, we've got all we need. Here's our report. Uh, we're forwarding to the Justice Department. Mm. And Ed, before I go, uh, I don't really want to talk about this, but it is every bloody headline this week. Uh, the Oscars, Hollywood's usual self-congratulatory Attaboy Festival, Night of Nights, overshadowed this year by an incident where A-list actor Will Smith got up and slapped host Chris Rock over a joke directed at Smith's wife. Now, regardless of what side people take on this, it was a display of uh, rage from Smith that shocked people, given his pretty uh, genial public persona, and to any other ceremony, any event like this, that attacker would have been out the door in 10 seconds flat, not receiving an award 10 minutes later. It really seemed like the Oscars were totally unprepared for this to happen, which, given the amount of egos in that room, certainly seems in hindsight an unwise decision to be to be that unprepared. Anything on this one, Ed? Well, I think you used the right words, unprepared. Um, you don't anticipate some kinds of events. And I can't think of an analog now. You know, somebody jumping up on the stage and rushing up and punching the president in his mouth or making the State of the Union address or something like that. Mm. Uh, you need time to think about what you're going to do. Uh, many people thought it was part of the performance until rock rocked back they thought this was just you know the kind of silly stuff that goes on mm -hmm. in the oscars unless they were close up that's a very big auditorium so you didn't know what was going on and the way he walked up if you saw it it looked like he might be going up to whisper something in his ear so i think this is bad news consequences have to be uh, taken for this with both gentlemen. First, I think there are jokes that are out of line and uh, that can spark controversy, even if he hadn't laid hands on it. The other thing is there's decorum, that if you're in a courtroom or whatever, you must abide by it. So rules have to be for the Oscars, decorum and public behavior for the nominators have to be put in place. And then Will Smith must consequently receive some punishment. What kind of punishment? Well, first, he won the Oscar Actor of the Year for a motion picture in which the picture, uh, I believe he was actor, 
was he the he was the actor of the year for appearing in that picture. That was the work he did. You can recognize the work and you can recognize him for the work, but you can also censor him. And I think that's what should be done. So he carries that stain along with the Oscar. So we announce it as the censored Will Smith who also won an Oscar. Ed and I will be back next week to discuss all the latest goings on in US news and politics. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And check us out on Facebook and Twitter at US of Ed.